Hello, my favorite people. It is Thursday, May 4th, 2023. It's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. The birds are chirping. The town of Locust Valley finally took down the tree in front of the 528 store so we can get our driveway paved. And this is episode three of The Breaks Down, powered by 528 Collectibles. I'm Adam Hartog. Sitting next to me is my co-host, business partner and consigliere tom frey and as always we are going to start today's episode with the rundown in the nba the celtics and the sixers are tied 1-1 after boston's 34 point win last night we have game two between the lakers and warriors tonight the lakers lead that series one to nothing on the ice, Carolina trounced New Jersey 5-1 in Game 1. Vegas went up 1-0 on Edmonton with a 6-4 win despite four goals from Leon Dreisaitl. And we have Game 2s tonight. The Panthers and the Maple Leafs at Scotiabank Arena. The Kraken and the Stars from the Big D. And Florida and Seattle both have a 1-0 series lead. In pop culture, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy 3 comes out tomorrow. It's the final movie in Marvel's strangest and most harmonious series. Some recent hits from breaks that we've done. We've pulled a 2022 Obsidian Stefan Diggs Supernova out of 50. A 2022 Obsidian Gold Flood Quay Walker Rookie Card. That one's out of 10. A 2022 Playbook Rookie Card Auto Brian Robinson Jr. out of 25. And a 2022 Contenders Legendary Autos, Bo Jackson, out of 49. Upcoming breaks exclusively on the Drip Shop under 528 Breaks. Today at 6 p.m., random giveaway, Prism No Huddles, starting at $1. And on the 528 Baseball Channel, today at 10 p.m., two Bowman Jumbos. That's a pick your team. We have a pretty exciting episode for you guys today. Tom and I are going to go into some of our most heartbreaking moments as sports fans. I can't really think of a better conversation to go along with this beautiful day and the spring vibes that everyone's feeling. So I'm excited for this one. Let's go. Hi, Kylo. We are going to talk about our worst moments as sports fans that left us miserable, nihilistic, and just questioning why we even put so much hope, dream, blood, sweat, equity into <laughs> these teams that we follow. So my first pick is right now, me, because of the Rangers. They lost Game 7 yesterday to the Devils. They lost 4 nothing. They were up 2 nothing in the series, and they were rolling with the next two going back to MSG. They lost both, and then one more when it went back to Jersey to go down 3-2. They tied it with a pretty impressive performance in Game 6 where the offense woke up again, but it was just a terrible showing last night. Team had no energy, no heart, no fight. It didn't look like a Game 7. At no point did it look like they were playing like they were losing. Really inexcusable. Four inexcusable performances. I am as down on them as I've been in in years, really since the letter. It's not good. 
the whole city was buzzing for a little while there. Jets just got Rodgers. Knicks win their playoff series. The Yankees weren't as horrible yet. Everything was going so well, and then the Rangers kind of blew it for kind of everybody. Bit of a bummer. Things were going too well for Jimmy Dolan. That's true. That's true. But he has been redeemed for sure as an owner in recent years. I redeemed how I, he's redeemed still in he's that still pretty controversial. Redeemed in that he's not the worst owner in sports anymore. In sports, but what about in two sports? Well, he's definitely not the worst owner in basketball anymore. There's definitely some worse ones. Sarver still owns the. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. No, it's uh, it's Ishbia, Matt Ishbia. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Because yeah, he they Sterling, had the cl- Sterling's out of the Clippers. <laughs> they had the the sons of the classic new owner. Yeah, you're right. Bring in, you're right. Bring in Kevin KD. Durant. Yeah, cla- classic. The but Timberwolves kind of had it with A Rod, but their Kevin Durant was Rudy Gobert. Yeah, you're right. So A Rod could be. Oh, Rogers at the next game again. Got to live speaking, speaking of the devil, um, and Cece. and Cece. Couldn't didn't even recognize him. Wait, I don't even know if that was Fat Joe. Mello. I think that might have just been Cece's fat friend. No, that was definitely Fat Joe. He didn't have his that signature Federer? beard. Yeah, it that is. is Federer. Wow, a lot of stars out tonight. Yeah. Either way, you're right. Dolan hasn't been redeemed. He's just quiet now and keeps to himself a little bit more as at least the owner of the Knicks. I can't speak to his actions as the owner of the Rangers. So when the Knicks got good. He immediately started meddling with the Rangers. He fired John Davidson, the president, Jeff Gorton, the GM, which in turn came with a firing of the head coach, David Quinn at the time, once a new GM, Chris Jury, was hired. But basically, once he stopped meddling with the Knicks and they were immediately way better, he dipped his toe into the Rangers. Okay, so he can be the worst owner for one sport at a time. How about that? You know, he's, he's not the worst for both anymore. You know he's suing a friend of ours' dad? Who? Guess. This person is not allowed into any venue owned by the Madison Square Garden companies, which includes Radio City Music Hall. Is it Reckler? No. Oh, I have no His who. dad's a lawyer who's on behalf of a client suing. Perry? Yes, Perry's dad is not allowed at, at the garden. Is he still a Rangers fan? No, well, he became an Islander fan wow. when they were on their deep playoff runs the last few years. I really don't know how much of that is because he's banned, the only building he's, he's allowed into, <laughs> yeah, as opposed to f- perhaps front runnership, but cannot go into the garden. Wow, I actually had no idea of that. That's pretty wild. All right, moving on. My first pick is as rough as it comes, and it's... Plaxico shooting himself. So the year before, Giants won the Super Bowl. And this is 2007. They the win. game-winning catch, right? Yes. Then 2008, they're way better. 10-1, and one, like way better, easily best team in football. Easily. Plaxico shoots himself. Then they only win two of their next six games. They only score 20 in two of their next six games, including the playoffs. They lose to the Eagles because they just stuff the run and, st- and stack the box against them. I've heard probably four, five, six, I don't even know how many former Giants players come out and say that they would have won the Super Bowl that year. And all They because, didn't shoot themselves in the leg? Yes, with a bit of hyperbole, yes. that would. And so that's my first pick. Is And I was just, I was like 10 years old probably, I, and it was just like... A visceral reaction, I remember. It was just 
like my first understanding of how how dumb people can be. I think maybe was that your first athlete shooting? It has to be. It has to be. I don't remember. I don't remember anything even close to that. Definitely. Were you somewhat processed what happened at the time? I think I may have already seen Eight Mile, and Chris, my brother, explained it to me as him having cheddar bobbed himself, <laughs> which is exactly what happened. How so, old did you say you were? Probably ten. That's a good reference to make to a ten-year-old. I don't know any that wouldn't get it. Uh, yeah, I was a mature ten-year-old at the, to say the least. But yeah, so first heartbreak, Pascobar shooting himself. I have one that I'm sure is up on your list somewhere. It's a little bit of a different spin on it. I have just before DJ LeMayhew hit a game-tying two-run home run in the top of the ninth in game six of the 2019 ALCS against the Astros. So obviously the Altuve game winner off Chapman is the one that everybody remembers. That's the one on my list. But if you remember, that happened so fast because of the way they cut in from commercial that I was not able to process what happened in the moment. Okay. It was almost as if contact was made on the ball by Altuve when they cut back from commercial, and I was just left feeling stunned. Naked and Confused, I wish confused. I envy people that were left confused (laughs) by that moment. I I have not been the same person since. Shell-shocked. But the dread that I felt... Before LeMahieu tied that game, Tom, vibes were so low, so low. I had no hope. I was just processing. I can't believe we're going to drop this one. I really thought this was the year. And to these guys again, and that was as crushed as I can remember being as a Yankees fan in the last decade. And I still think Altuve was wearing a buzzer. I'm definitely all in on the buzzer theory. The bad tattoo thing isn't even a good excuse. Like it, And it makes no sense at all. Yeah, who would just openly be like, I stink at picking out my tattoos. I, I'm just, so bad at it that I refuse to be seen with them. That I'm embarrassed for you to, in the biggest probably moment of my career, arguably, I'm too self-conscious to take have you take off my jersey. Yeah, sure, Jose. Yeah, that's that heard a million times. total nonsense. And not to go down this rabbit hole, but just a little bit to go down this rabbit hole, the way that... Only Beltron was punished for that is just not right. No, at all. It doesn't even make any sense. I think Cora kind of was for a year. Yeah, and then they just brought him back. Yeah. What the fuck's that about? I still hate AJ Hinch too. Yeah, glad he's middling away in Detroit. Not even middling. Detroit stinks. Yeah, not the state or not not the city. (laughs) Not the city of Detroit. I don't. I don't. I like Eminem. But yeah, either way, it's just, it's not right. All the players are off scot-free winning future championships without cheating. Makes it worse. It does. It makes it worse. Well, it definitely makes it worse. I, I don't, I'm not comfortable with how much hate I carry on a day-to-day basis for the Houston Astros, especially because they went from irrelevancy to worst team in sports. Yeah. To just the bane of my existence. It's true. Overnight. Deep, deep rooted hatred. I don't know. Multiple multi year. Taking years off my life mm. type of hatred. Would rather see them lose than the Yankees make the playoffs if you promise me the Yankees are gonna lose in the first round. Almost at any point. Okay. I don't know if I'm that deep. 
I don't know if I'm willing to. If to they wish. make it, to, if the Yankees make it to the World Series, I will take that. I think, depending on who they lose to, that's fair. But I don't want them losing like the Mets. But if you tell me the Yankees are going to lose in the DS, then yeah. I'd rather them just not make the playoffs and the for Astros get embarrassed for one year. I don't know if I would trade. I'd rather trade like ten years of the Astros being bad for that. I can't take just one year. I, I guess mean, I get look, what you're I saying. Want them, I get what you're I saying. Want them. You know that the the Yankees aren't going to win. Okay. No, like if somebody tells me, hey, this again isn't the year, but instead we can offer you this nice humiliation of the Astros. Okay. I might go door number B. Okay. If presented yes, with door number B. If I was presented with this, then. <laughs> My decision might not be the same, but sitting here with the Yankees in last place in the division, oh, so bad. It's it's a tough call. Okay. Well, I'm not gonna go into the Altuve one because that one was we just we just kind of touched on that a lot. So I'll go with my my Knicks who were watching while recording. I'm just gonna go with the whole 2018-19 season and ensuing off season. One David Fisdale's the worst coach I've ever seen. Let's just start there. It was. An embarrassment what he did with that team. And and he did it so well that they were the worst team in basketball. Had the worst record in the NBA. Which is what we wanted. We wanted to tank. We wanted to have the first overall pick. So you know what the NBA does? They change the draft lottery rules so that the Knicks no longer have the best odds to win. They make it so the top three teams all have the best odds to win. So... All of this whole year, just tank for Zion, tank for Zion. Who is fat now? I know. So it doesn't feel as bad in hindsight. But you tank for Zion. I watched probably 70 games that year. And I watched them win, I think it was like 15, something like that. I can't believe it's that high. It, it was. It was. I think it was like 15. And so back to my point. You tank for Zion. You have all this hope. And then third overall pick. Which is fine. I love RJ. I'm happy we have him. He's easily the most reliable of the three of them. Fine. Either way, you get RJ. Then you hit the offseason. You're all this talk. This is the year. This is the year the Knicks get their free agent. KD's been throwing smoke screens. Kyrie's going wherever KD goes. That and video of them in the tunnel at the All-Star game. Two yes. max slots. Yes. They got two. Yes, exactly. All the signs are pointing to New York. Just the wrong New York team. They go to Brooklyn. Which makes it even worse, because who the hell cares about Brooklyn? Still, even when they were there, they were giving away playoff seats because no one cares about Brooklyn, except my brother, because he's a traitor. Okay, fine. Then I have to watch the Knicks be bad again, and it's just not fair. And finally, they're good again, and with hindsight, I can move on. But the pain that I felt when both... I was with people when we watched the draft lottery. I, it was a, I could have cried. Then... I'm in the car, just having a nice drive on the radio, KD Kyrie to the Nets. Just, and DeAndre Jordan, which, who the who cares? But it still hurt, because he was on the Knicks the year before, too. We traded for him to help him recruit them. It just was, it just was so bad, and it was the epitome of everyone, ha-ha, Knicks, Knicks are a laughingstock, and I just, it, it hurt my heart. And now, KD and Kyrie didn't save the Nets, so... It's okay. No, the Nets are in worse shape after they left. Definitely. And it would have been maybe just as bad for the Knicks, but that doesn't change the hurt that I felt. That draft lottery, when they didn't win, when they came up at three, was a cratering feeling inside. But it was a seismic moment in the meme game because I think the 
first take the next morning was oh. when Stephen A. had that leaned up against the glass, <laughs> looking over the Hudson or the East River. I think it's, I think it's the Hudson because it's South Street Seaport. Anyway, think the game done changed <laughs> after that. It, that was that was kind of the NBA meme version of when Fifty Cent dropped "Get Rich or Die Trying." If if I wasn't such a big Knicks fan, I think I would find Stephen A.'s Knicks stuff funny. His shtick. Yeah, but he's like just such a phony. He's such oh, a yeah, phony 100%. Knicks fan, and it and he gets so much national attention, and it makes people nationally think of the Knicks a certain way that they're not because he just doesn't know, and that upsets me. So, that's that. And I think you're up. So, my next pick is a U.S. men's national team one, a World Cup moment. I know you have a different one that was a I big... think I also have this. I think I also have this on my list. So, the one I'm talking about is Silvestre Valera's equalizer for Portugal against the no. U.S. men's <laughs> national team in the 95th minute off a fucking insane cross by Cristiano Ronaldo. Imposed his will on the game. So the U.S. ended up advancing to the knockout stages anyway, so it didn't keep them out. But having Portugal on the ropes like that, we scored with, I think, in, in the 81st minute to take the lead, and it really looked with like we were going to wrap things the up. Best, it was the be we scored the best goal in probably U.S. soccer history in that the game. The best team Ger goal, yeah. Jermaine, no, Jermaine Jones. Oh, yeah, his, his, his curler cracker, was yeah. disgusting. I yeah. still watch it. Disgusting. Sorry, go on. No, you're good. That was really all I had. That was a... It left a pit in my stomach because it was just so sudden. You saw Ronaldo flanking down the right side, just lobbed a perfect ball in. and Yeah, it was It was just the moment you'd been expecting from him all game from Ronaldo, and he just showed us why he's or was second best whatever player in the world. Mine is actually from the following game. It's the loss to Belgium, specifically the Wondolowski missed goal. Yeah. And the fact that our friend Steven cost us that game by walking in late, and right as he walked in, they scored. So <laughs> I blame him. Tim Howard had the game of a lifetime, keeping us in, even in that game. We were getting absolutely destroyed. Chance of a lifetime comes to the foot of Chris Wondolowski, a poacher by trade, a natural goal scorer. One of the MLS's best ever. Yes, and he shanks it. It's not even close. He doesn't even put it on goal. Yeah, it was like Harry Kane in the last World Cup. It, it was like, it was, I, I bet you he loses sleep at night over it. Because it was probably every every night yeah, since then. probably. And the worst part of it is, obviously there were, could have been other people to replace on this roster, but who do you think should have been in that spot? Do you have an idea? I mean, ideally it would have been Josie if he was healthy, mm -mm. right? It would have been Landon Donovan. Who Klinsman kept off, off the, the roster. roster? Yes, who kept who kept him off the roster because he didn't like him, because of a personal issue. Landon took a leave of absence because he was having mental health issues. He came back. He was performing at a high level. He'd even come back and played for the U.S. Instead of him, a guy with how many World Cups did he play in before that? Three, yeah. I think three prior to that. You you bring in Wondolowski. I mean, Julian Green scored that goal, that sick goal, in, on like his first touch ever in the World Cup, and we've never seen him since. But that should have been Landon in that spot. 
And I guarantee you he buries that. And you're right, Altador getting hurt definitely didn't help matters in, like, the first second of the first game, too. That's his MO. Yeah, it, it, but, yeah, either way, that moment, I, I will never forget. I will never forget that moment. I was gutted. That was a fun tournament, though. That was a good team. Not a good team. That was a fun team. That was a American team. Yeah. They played exactly how you expect Americans to play. They were scrappy. They played really good, really hard defense. They weren't very hustled skilled. For loose balls. Yes, hustled for loose balls. They weren't very skilled. They didn't score very many good goals, but they were all right. They scored some iconic goals. Some, no, no, no. Yes, some iconic goals. The John Brooks one. And the, yeah. Yes, uh, yes. Nice goal off a set um, piece. Yes, a, a beautiful, I shouldn't say good goals. They just didn't create many chances, I should say. It was a lot of sit back and hope Michael Bradley could pass through the whole defense. <laughs> yeah, it was a very fun tournament. Then after that, we, I, I think you and me, got more into U.S. soccer than ever. I know for certain, I watched every single game of that qualifying cycle for the next one. Every single game. 2018. 2018. Every single game of that cycle. So my moment is us not qualifying for that World Cup specifically not beating Trinidad and all of the freak occurrences that had to go right and or wrong. And Tobago. And there was a, yes, and Tobago, sorry. And there was, I'm pretty sure like literal match fixing happening. I think there was something in like the Costa Rica game that like should not have happened. I'm pretty sure like in hindsight where they were like, yeah, this was illegal. I'm like 99% sure might not have been the Costa Rica game either way. But no facts presented so far. I'm entirely in on this theory. I I, I, I don't think I'm making this up. I, no, I believe I have no reason to not believe that a Costa Rican soccer game was fixed. Yeah, there was some 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 shady nonsense going on. And so the stars had to align perfectly for the U.S. not to qualify. They had to like the most absurd things had to happen, and they all happened. And after watching all of qualifying and that that team that was just like, it was only Pulisic. He was that entire team. And, and like Dempsey sometimes. Couldn't even vote. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Not even like, and he was so good. I can't, I can't believe, not to go down this, this rabbit hole, but like, I can't believe that his career has turned into what it has because of how, he was unbelievable. It's a Chelsea thing. Yeah, yeah, they, they just, yeah. Chelsea's a, a, a graveyard right it's now. A black, <laughs> it's a career black hole. <laughs> it's, it's, and especially it's for American players, as much as it pains me, I suppose it's to be seen still under the new ownership, but under Abramovich, they essentially viewed American players as a bank account of mar- overseas marketing dollars. Like Pulisic and Miazga? Like, let's, yeah, like, let's sign Christian Pulisic because... Yeah, we think he's good, but because of how many shirts we can sell and yeah, how much interest there will be in coverage and he subbed on in his first game when they were down three or four nothing to United, the first game of the Frank Lampard era and other games had a live cut into it. Yeah. To like a sixty fourth minute sub and a blowout. A lot of pressure. Yeah. He's handled it well though. Absolutely. But yeah, he's got to get out of there. Either way, that's my heartbreaking moment. Is just everything that had to go wrong, and it and they had it all on like one screen. They were doing all the cut-ins of like everything, and like it was either like Taylor Twellman or 
Who's the other guy that does it? He used to play for Stuart Holden. What, they I were like talking. Yeah, they were talking, and it was just they were, like in shock. And then Twelman had his iconic like whole spiel indicting the U.S. soccer, which was actually pretty cool. And he was totally right. What are we doing? Yeah, he was totally right. Yeah. But either way, that's my moment. I would say redeemed in this year's World Cup. Definitely. And hopefully, set the stage for the mass changes that we needed going forward. But, you know, heartbreak's a heartbreak, even if it led to good things. The next on my list, this one I watched at your house, Cody Parkey's Double Doink. Very famous moment. Oh, yeah. I forgot we watched that together. So that was in the 2018 playoffs. I guess it was January 2019, but after the 2018 NFL season. This one stings because looking back, I know the Bears were good enough to win a Super Bowl that year. And that was such a fun team to watch. Khalil Mack was my favorite non-Bear in the league when he was on the Raiders. And in September, the Bears traded for him. I went to bed one night, and all the news reports were that the Packers were seriously interested. And I woke up, and Khalil Mack was a Chicago Bear. This was an early September day, I think right around Labor Day. They had the Packers on the ropes in week one before the Packers came back. That was when Aaron Rodgers left the game in the first quarter after the Khalil Mack pick six. Sorry, the strip sack. The pick six was against Brett Hundley. But Aaron Rodgers left in the first half, came back, led a big comeback. But anyway, the Bears beat the Packers later at home. They had a 12-4 record. They were 9-1 over their last 10 regular season games. They were the NFC North champs. Matt Nagy, in his first year on the job, was the coach of the year. Mitch Trubisky had his lone Pro Bowl appearance. And in the playoffs, they lost 16-15 to the Eagles because Cody Parkey, who hit the uprights four times in one game earlier that season, hit the post and the crossbar on a game-winning 43-yard field goal. And then he went on a woe-is-me tour on national TV, which really pissed me off to no oblivion. I think he went on Good Morning America and was talking about how sad he was that he sucked. Yeah, that was bad. All right, right, I don't want to... You still going or... No, I mean, I can tie it into any number of Bears ones that I still have on my list, but any commentary you have on that one, that's... One of the more famous the, the this sucks moments in postseason history, I think, at least recent. The Good Morning America thing made it so much worse. So much I, worse. I, like I've never I imagine like that. I mean, this is kind of the equivalent. Is like back in the day, Bill Buckner, just like going on TV and being like, "Yeah, I'm really, fell in mass. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really sad. I'm really sad that I did <laughs> that. I did bad. Like, <laughs> sorry by me, guys. Yeah, like my bad, everyone." That was tough. I forgot we watched that together. I think you were you were loud and angry as you deserve to be, and I was just in stunned silence, in fear for my life, mostly. <laughs> I, I I remember just being very scared. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that was a rough one. I uh, I also just realized that I could have tied in another one of mine to mine earlier. Can, may I go? Yeah. Okay. Reverse. So back board. to the back to the 2018-19 season. I just realized the 2018 draft before all of this was the Kevin Knox draft, which I also have on here as one of my biggest recent heartbreaks. And I didn't know Kevin Knox would be as bad as he was. How could I? I'm not a professional scout, and I didn't watch every one of his minutes. But I didn't think he was going to be good. And you know who I did think was going to be good? Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And you know who else I thought was going to be good? 
Michael Porter Jr. And you and you know who else I thought would at the very least have a very solid career, and he has done so much more than that. McCall Bridges. And guess where all three of them were drafted? After? Right after Kevin Knox. Uh, right after B2, Kevin Knox. B2B? It was, the order was Knox, McCall Bridges, SGA, Miles Bridges, who's had his own issues either way, was good when playing, bad person, good basketball player, Jerome Robinson, who was really bad, and then Michael Porter Jr. So, so a lot of good players right after Kevin Knox. And yes, yeah, it was just so I thought all three of them were gonna be good. I real especially Michael Porter Jr., who hasn't hit the way I thought he would. That's just a health thing. Yeah, but would have been I mean and he was unhealthy. He like probably would have had to sit out his whole rookie season, which I think he did. Either way. Oh man, we were so bad at drafting for so long. And you draft an SGA there, it's unbelievable. Franchise the, it, changing. It, it's, exactly. It was franchise altering. It, it, and a total total miss and that whole year span plus 2018 through pretty much all of 2019 it's two years of my life i was just sad just because of the next and i had to live with that forever and so yeah that's that was my tangent i just wanted to tie that into my earlier point so i have a knicks draft one too but it's more of an honorable mention so i don't have a ton to say on it but then it does let me segue Slash tie into my next one. So the next one is the Knicks drafting Kristaps Porzingis. Obviously, was was not nearly as bad as it seemed in the moment. It felt so bad in the moment. But yeah, that's that's really all I had. It was just a, they did what? Yeah. They drafted who? Tingus Pingus. Who the fuck is this guy? (laughs) Tingus Pingus. Tingus Pingus. That was Um, the last funny thing Michael Rapport did. But then in Um, terms of the... Missing out on a franchise-altering guy. I know where you're going. Yep. This this one could have been higher up, but it's comprehending that the Bears took Trubisky instead of Mahomes. Uh, Obviously, it did not happen right away because they started at different times. Trubisky took over a little before the halfway mark of his rookie year for Mike Glennon, who was as bad a quarterback as you could possibly ever find film on those first few games of the Bears season. But, but, very impressive neck. Just wanted to give him credit where he, where it was due. Yeah, so Mahomes didn't start until what was his second year. And I I had heard some reports and read some articles in that offseason between both of their first and second years in the league that the Chiefs were nothing less than in awe at how good Mahomes was in practice and what they saw from him. I think one quote actually that I saw was not better than they could have hoped for, but better than they could have conceived. And just as time went on from there, realizing that Trubisky was probably not even going to finish his rookie deal. He finished his rookie deal, but he didn't have his fifth year option picked up. But knowing well in advance of that deadline that it wasn't going to happen and see Mahomes win a Super Bowl on his rookie deal, an MVP on his rookie deal, it just... Hurts. Yeah, it's something... Uh, Hurts deep. Yeah, it does. It's uh, clear, I'm clearly over it. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you want to talk further on Mitch, but is, is it true? I like Mitch. It, no, I know, but there was a really, like, I remember a long article about how he couldn't throw left. Yeah. Was, was that was that real? <laughs> yeah, no, there was a lot going on there. They had to have the TVs in uh, Hallis Hall, the facility, pretty much turned off because... 
local media was just every day shitting on Trubisky. Oh, I was just hurting his feelings. The GM, Ryan Pace, kind of went AWOL drafting him. Nobody knew, I really, besides him, that they were taking him, including the head coach. John Fox apparently found out and was stunned. Oof. It's not, yeah, it's just, it's not setting you up for success. No, nah, he showed up to his his private meeting with them, his top 30 meeting, and it like a beat-up 98 Camry, and that was that coming off, it. that was coming off the Jay Cutler era, and yeah, that was... That was all he needed to see. It, it seems like that could have played a, sh- a shockingly big role in it. The uh, This is our guy. Look at his whip. This is not to the the same extent, but the, the Knicks picked Kevin Knox solely because of one pre-draft workout where he shot the ball better than uh, McCall and Miles Bridges, I'm pretty sure. It was just one workout. So not as bad as Trubisky's car being <laughs> the deciding factor, but not good either. I guess sometimes statistically insignificant sample sizes makes decision-making way easier. It's just, it's the stuff you can't measure with stats. That's really the most important thing in drafting a guy, I think, clearly. Um, draft misses, I also another honorable mention would be Steph Curry not falling to the Knicks. That was one of my first heartbreaks as a Nick fan there were so many we were so bad my whole life like literally my whole life pretty much obviously late 90s I was too young to really experience but not obviously you guys have no idea how old I am but it was I was too young to experience it and so Steph not falling to the Knicks when he so badly wanted to be a Nick and then it was a pure panic pick after it do you do you, do you know who they took and after Steph didn't fall no it was, oh my god, now I'm, I just had his name in my head. It was Jordan, Jordan what? Oh god, what have I done? Knicks, Steph, come on guys. You're not talking it. about the Timberwolves, right? No, no, no. talking about the Knicks pick? No, the Knicks pick. It was, it was, jo- hold on, 2009 draft. Hold on, everybody. Jordan Hill, Jordan Hill. That's who it was. Do you even remember him being a Nick? No. He was probably a Nick, I think, for half a season. I think it was traded in the middle of his rookie season. Yeah. Didn't even make it half a season. The guy that we could, the guy that we took when we could have had Steph if he'd fallen. I actually never knew that. Yeah. Had a very short career. Wasn't good at any That's time. not even a short career. Had a very short NBA career. Had a even shorter Knicks career. So, there's that. Uh, if yeah. you round down, he didn't even have a Knicks career. That's true. Is it, is it my turn again now? Or is it your turn? It's my oh, turn. Okay. So I have my first $100 bet loss. Oh, that's one a... of my most heartbreaking moments. Oh, that's a good one. It was 2014. It was a college football game. TCU at Baylor. Both teams were undefeated. Baylor was 5-0. and TCU was 4-0 and and coming off a win against Oklahoma. I had TCU Moneyline. So earlier today... I actually tried to go back and find what the odds were by looking at old articles and old game previews, and I couldn't find the money line, but based on the articles I found, Baylor was anywhere from an 8 to a 10.5 point favorite, so we're talking TCU as a pretty sizable underdog, which is kind of what I remember, and TCU was up 21, 21 points with 10 minutes to go, and Baylor rattled off 24 unanswered to win 61 to 58. I was crushed. The over-under, I found, was 67. Both teams almost reached that themselves. But to see them choke away, and that was the biggest bet I had placed in my entire life to that point, and lose it in that fashion was devastating. 
Have you placed a bigger bet since? I have. I have not. I don't even think I've placed a $100 bet. I'm far too soft. Well, so you know how a lot of online books, and this was Bavada back oh, when I used a, to make up on addresses. No, I wasn't on credit. I had money in my account, but I had a sign-up bonus, so they matched um, it up to, I don't know, whatever whatever they matched whatever it. Whatever their promo I, was. Yeah, yeah, I didn't reach the deposit limit, obviously, but yeah. they, have a min- they had a minimum mm-hmm. that you had to bet. And Got it. sometimes I would bet the Warriors series price to win, let's say, $400 bet to win $4 yeah. just to just essentially to launder money. Okay. And it worked. I could cash it all out after that because they, they wouldn't let you withdraw until you reached the wager limit. For legal purpose, it was essentially launder money. There was no admission of crimes here. By Adam. My lawyer is sit- sitting right next to me. Yeah, no admission. Left next we're to talking me. hypotheticals here. This is a friend of a friend. Yes, we're not Named talking any real bets. Ma- On to the next. I kind of just want to merge a couple of them. I'll, I'll just say the 2012 Yankees. They were, like, really good. I think they won 95 games that year. The Early on in the year, Mariano Rivera, uh, I think, tears up his knee, shagging balls in the outfield during warm-ups. Just because he liked to, which I mean, good for him if he liked doing it, but yeah, gut wrenching injury because he was like I think forty at the time, maybe forty one. He was going to retire after that. Yes, and and you didn't know if he was coming back, and you thought that that's the way he went out, and it was just like, how how on earth can this be the way he went out? And luckily he came back, and it wasn't. He then came back, or he then missed all of the year, came back the next year, and was still awesome, and probably could have kept playing until he was like fifty years old. But either way, so fine. Yankees signed, I think, Rafael Soriano that offseason, or it could have been D-Rob. Either way, one of them was closing games. We had a closer. Everything's fine. You win 95 games. First round of the playoffs, you're playing against the Tigers. Or, sorry, the DS, you're playing against the Tigers. You get swept for nothing because game one, Jeter breaks his ankle. Like, fielding a ground ball, just moving. I think it was either ranging. I think it was going to his right. Just breaks his leg. Out of nowhere. And he's coming off, I think he hit 318 that year. He was like 38 years old. Had basically missed all of the following season. And then it just like kind of cut his career short. And it was just like, obviously like the long-term implications. But it was just like you're losing two of your franchise icons in one year to devastating injuries when they're both old. It was just terrifying and horrible. And I still don't like talking about it. Sorry. You want a tissue? No, that was more my voice giving out than me getting choked up. <laughs> I apologize for all of those who have to listen to me. I got like one more good one, I think. I'll just rattle off a couple of them. Sure. The boat trip for the Giants. Won yeah. 11 games that year. <laughs> Win the last game of the regular season. The, the whole receiving core decides to fly to Miami and go on a boat and take a picture with Trey Songs and post it before their game against the Packers. They get smoked by the Packers. Odell left his hands in Miami. Yes. Odell drops three passes. Sterling Shepard drops a touchdown pass. Just, like, an abysmal performance. And, like, did the boat trip cause it? Probably not. Maybe. It definitely played a factor. It's just, like, so dumb. Again, another example of the Giants being dumb. It's just so frustrating. Next is another Giants being dumb. 2017, Eli loses his start streak. This is not... This one's... Again... Not to the same level as the others, but they put in Gino, who was pre-redemption Gino, for one game. And because of that, the owner fired the GM and the head coach. McAdoo. McAdoo. 
and and Reese. Yes, McAdoo fired. McAdoo's uh, sorry introduction speech suit. If you haven't seen Hall it, look it up. Yeah, just the world's largest suit. <laughs> look it up if you haven't seen it. Either way, if they hadn't benched Eli, he started twenty four the next twenty four games. His streak would have been at 234, which would have been sole possession of fifth place all time for Ironman streaks. It's just like a little bit cooler than like shared 10th place at 210. I think like long term, it has legacy implications. I I just don't think any NFL Ironman streaks are ever going to be anything close to that anymore. Just the way people manage injuries and the injuries people are getting nowadays. So that was my next one. Uh, It's the classic second year coach trying to bench the quarterback to prove that it's not him, it's the quarterback to save his job. Mark Trestman did it with Jay Cutler, too. It certainly was not the quarterback. I'll tell you that much. They lost the game with Geno. It's Benny with the good hair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that... Oh, next one was because I was at the game, his, his last game. It was A-Rod being forced out of New York when the Yankees forced him out. It's four home runs shy of 700. He had... In that in that year, nine homers in sixty five games. So he wasn't playing that bad. Teixeira was significantly worse. They let him play it out, and they made A Rod leave. And he wasn't going to go play anywhere else, even though the Marlins wanted him. But he wasn't going to do it because he wanted to end his career as a Yankee. And I saw his last game, and it was just so sad. And they didn't even let him play third the whole game. They made they only brought him in for like an inning, and it's just like. I know the guy had some bad history, and, and not everyone loves him. But this was, like, somewhat redeemed A-Rod, where he's, like, self-aware. This was upward trajectory. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, this was, like, media darling. People like him more than they used to. I always loved him. He was always my favorite player. But it was just... They just did him so dirty. And uh, it just... Grind- and he was four home runs short of 700. Yeah, I would pay his salary to have him come back and... Uh, absolutely. And four more. It's like... And they can use him. Uh, yeah. If you put him out there right now, he would be probably just as good as a lot of their players. One way to find out. I would be so in on that. But, yeah. I mean, 700 is such, such hollow- hallowed ground. How many people have done it? Four? four or five yeah like and the yankees just did him so wrong a little part of me will never forgive them for that and that stinks and that i think is why it's on my list and that's the end of mine there's a couple of funny ones giuseppe rossi choosing italy over the u.s (laughs) and jeremy lynn leaving because i really liked him before he was any good and i don't know why i think it was just one of those random like i'm gonna decide i like this guy type of situations and then he happened to be really good so, and then he left, which sucked, because the Rockets gave he him... He lost a power struggle, too. Yeah, he did. And that was just... He was so much fun. That was so much fun when the Knicks were so bad. That team with Novak and Copeland and... That team made the playoffs. And that team pretty much invented the stretch four with Novak. No one was doing it. You weren't just sticking guys, big guys out there who could shoot. And then Ryan Anderson revolutionized it. I forgot about Ryan Anderson. Yeah. At one point... Top three bad contracts in the league. Oh, so bad. Because you just got phased out of the league so fast. But that stretch four time where you were just sticking big guys out there who could shoot was so much fun. And the Knicks were like early adopters of it with Novak. My last one is BU losing the 2015 Hockey National Championship. So I went to BU. They were up 3-2 on Providence College with nine and a half minutes to play. Providence... 
tied the game on a goal from half ice that somehow snuck past the BU goalie. Providence scored again two minutes later to take a lead that they would not relinquish. BU lost the national championship. They are still without one since 2009. Still five-time champions, though, so a true blue blood of the sport, but that one really stunk. I have nothing to comment on this because I haven't watched a single second of college hockey. In your life, I would assume. Well, that's not true. I've watched a few seconds of college hockey, but no idea about BU. I know they play in that fun little... Hockey East? Yeah, that little Boston hockey tournament thing. It's, that's like, what the it's, called. it's like the Super League of... Oh, the Bean Pot. Yeah, that yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Hockey East is like the Super League of college hockey, though. They just formed a breakaway conference. Did they really? Yeah, not oh. like recently. It's like BUBC, Providence, Yale... I think Yale, Harvard, I have no idea this happened. UMass, all these guys. It wasn't recent. It was probably 15 years ago, maybe. Still so fun. It's cool, yeah. yeah I it's like, like hey, we're Hockey East. It's yeah. like, we're the, we're the best. That's what they titled it. Yeah. It's a bad name. It's a bad name. Yeah. yeah. You know, what would you call it? I mean, you're putting me on the spot. I just know I would be better than Hockey East if I had more time. I would, I think, like... No, all of my ideas are so bad right now. I can only go with hockeyist, like the most hockey. <laughs> next on next week's episode, Tom will have three new name ideas for the Hockey East Conference. Oh, what have I done? Do you have any? No, not off the top of my head, but I also didn't come out firing shots at That's, Hockey East. Do you do you think it's a good name? I don't I've never really thought about it. I've just been so accustomed to it, I guess. Okay. Right. And it says it on the jerseys, too. There's a little patch that says Hockey East. How is the patch? Is I'll it show cool? You. Uh, it's it's not... I wouldn't say it's bad. I've seen way worse patches on many different items of clothing. Like the Mets jerseys? It's this, but without... Okay. That's not so bad. No. Yeah, it still could have done better with the name. Well, you have every opportunity to next week. And if it's good, we will petition them to change it. Not just suggest, petition. Yes. Change.org organization. <laughs> yes. Taking donations. Okay, episode three of the Breaks Down Pod. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you to everyone at 528 for making this possible. Thank you for the New York Rangers for ruining my mood. We'll see you same platform next week. Have an awesome day. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.